Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. Wow. I think my vocal cords are like banging against each other. They're like, what was that? We were just having a nice little conversation. And then and then you decided not to. Well, that's what take Catholic for you. Welcome to the show. We've got the wonderful, the Johnny Depp looking. Father Anthony Serapa co-hosting today. Padre, how are you, man? I'm doing well. I haven't gotten Johnny Depp until you called me that. I get a lot of um, either John the Baptist or Jesus or, oh, who's that guy who sings uh, You Raise Me Up? Josh Groban. I get a lot of Josh Groban from old ladies. Okay, to be fair, I've only seen one of those people. Mm -hmm. I don't know what John the Baptist looks like. Uh, To be fair, I don't know what Jesus looks like. And you're also white. That's also fair, but there are pictures, so. Pic- Wait, you have you have pictures of Jesus? Uh, yeah. Where? There's one, there's one right in my office. There's a picture of Jesus right in my office. No, that, sir, is a painting that you just pointed at. Eh, you say picture. I say, wait, no. I say picture, you say painting. That's what Jesus looks like, right up there. And I say goodbye, <laughs> goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> I don't know why you saying things. I say goodbye. <laughs> okay, this is how we're going to start today. We've already started off the show. And I think that I, I uh, experienced an omen today. Do you believe in omens? No, because superstition, that's something that Catholics should kind of stay away from. Okay, then what's the, a, a sign? What about signs? Okay, there can be signs, I guess. Okay, I definitely didn't have an omen then. I, I had a sign, okay? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Same thing, different words. Perfectly fine in the Catholic <laughs> Church now. Driving in my car today with some light drizzle and that isn't how you say drain by Snoop Dogg. It's actual drizzle coming from the rain, which rhymes with drain. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. My windshield wiper. It's going back and forth. And then it just flies off. <laughs> Completely out of nowhere. It just, it just flies off. And it, like I had this instance of, oh no, it's happening again. Like where I just have these days where everything goes wrong. But yeah. then, fine, sir. The okay, so you know how the windshield, like when you replace it, there's like two pieces. There's the pieces, the piece that you slide on that you can okay. replace that's actually touching the window. Then there's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the other part of the lever that mm-hmm. connects to that, that connects to the car that actually makes it move back and forth, right? Yes. That piece caught the piece that fell off. Oh wow. So it flew <laughs> off, but then it caught itself. That, like, it flew off into the air, but because I was moving, it moved it back into the car. And as the as the the half blade was going, it caught it. So That's like crazy. it didn't like go back on because that would be ridiculous. But it caught it. And the next time I was at a stoplight, I just got out and grabbed the grabbed the part okay. that was broken, put it in, and I just I just snapped it back on when I got uh, when I parked and got out and put it back back on. It was amazing. That might be a good sign because even though the show is definitely off the rails to begin with, hopefully we can catch it, snap it back on. And everything else should go fine. I sure do hope so. And I really right. hope that that's what this omen means to you. Yes. So um, here's how I want to start today. Uh, okay. Because our start was terrible. So I'm just going to call this the start. Like we are starting right. right now. Are you ready to begin the show? I, I am ready to begin the show. Okay. Um, I, I am the voice of the people. Would you agree? Uh, Never mind. Yes. Don't answer. Okay, good. You said yes. <laughs> you, I, I'm the, like you know, like you said, John the Baptist. Um, yes. We celebrated his feast here pretty recently. 
I, I, I consider myself the voice of one crying out uh, in the wilderness. Uh, I'm, okay. I, I myself am not in the wilderness, but I'm crying out on behalf of the people in the wilderness and the darkness that we call Exodus 90. Okay. Oh, no, <laughs> so, Exodus 90. So they're, they're all gone. They're all gone. They, uh, they, they, are, they, have- they started uh, yesterday as we record this on Tuesday evening. And and they're all gone. So and good riddance <laughs> them anyway. They're all off of social media, which I think I, I didn't even think about this until today. If if Exodus ninety also affects my listenership because people aren't seeing it on social media, like I, I'm only going to become more angry. Yeah, all the more reason to hate it. Absolutely. So here's here's my plea for those of you who are doing it. If if you are listening, if you uh, if the rules say. That you can listen to this show. Now, I know that it doesn't say anything about podcasts or radio. It does say uh, music. You have to listen to music uplifting for the soul. So 50% of my audience finds this show uplifting for the soul. I did polls. And so if you're of uh, this very specific audience of the 50% of people doing Exodus 90 who are still listening to this, um, I, I'm, I'm your voice now. Like, you don't have one because you gave it up, but I'm your voice. And I will gladly gladly represent you on the forbidden internet for the next 90 days um all you have to do since you can't message me or anything just send me a raven or send me an owl and and i will get that message out on the podcast i'll get it out on social media so you don't have to it's really a service that i'm doing for the people it sounds like a ministry really it really is voice the voiceless i love it it's beautiful i I think that was a part of jesus's mission so uh you could say you could say that I'm representing the Jesus pretty, pretty well here. Two weeks ago, I railed on, on Exodus 90. I, I'm not a fan, right? Jonathan Blevins, one of our other uh, co-hosts, which you, you, were, you were sad when he became a co-host. It's, is it because he has more followers than you? Like, why were you sad? I thought you were friends. Yeah, because uh, I'm kind of the best co-host, but Blevins got a lot of fans, so people might mistakenly assume that he's a better co-host than me. And so I was really worried about that. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's the same with exactly how you feel about him is how yeah. I feel about you. Okay. I'm better than you, but you just have more followers. So people <laughs> think that you're better. So I'm glad that you finally have this understanding. Oh, by, wow. by be, you, wow. you were able to accidentally take a, a few steps in we're my coming shoes. coming to a deeper understanding <laughs> of our relationship. And that's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Jonathan Blevins. He'll never hear this because he's doing Exodus 90. Uh, like he's he, doing fake Exodus 90. He's not even doing the real one. He's still playing video games. He's playing video games right now as we record. I saw that. I was like, wait, he's a, he's a Catholic streamer. And like I'm friends with him on Xbox. And I was like, you can't watch TV. And he's watching Netflix. I'm like, wait. Is Netflix technically isn't TV. So, yeah. <laughs> so he's doing like Exodus like 45 or whatever is like the half version of it. It's, it's nice. Well, okay. He's doing the 90 days. So I think it's just XO or just dust. XO 90. Dust 90. <laughs> dust, I like dust 90 better. Dust yeah. 90. So, uh, so it's been, it's been interesting because like no one feels like, you know, like you're everybody's favorite mediocre priest, right? Um, exactly. There, nobody feels in a mediocre way about this. Nobody's in the middle. You're either yeah. completely for it or completely against it. And it was actually fun having John on because he uh, used to, you know, see the light and and be uh, anti. Uh, but now he he has fallen to to the dark ways, and that's why I'm going to be his representative. I just want to bring him back to the light. This is my ministry. But here's the interesting thing: is like you know we we talked about it as a balanced conversation, but now like 
people are coming out of the woodwork from my life and like messaging me and stuff. They're like, how do you feel about Exodus 90? I heard you were super anti. <laughs> I'm like, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. I don't want to become, you know, like uh, in the office where he, be- you know, like he's like, I don't want to become the guy. And he became the fire guy, you know? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I've become the, the anti Exodus 90 guy, which made me so happy to see, because I was the voice in the wilderness. I was by myself. And then a certain mediocre priest joined the fight. I'm Man, so I, proud of I you. I was railing against Exodus 90 on Twitter. I was lambasting it. Yeah, I was shoving its face in the ground and just smooshing <laughs> it around in there. Um, so I will be talking about Exodus 90 on my podcast coming out this week, uh, which I'll have a little bit more balanced take. So let's just say I'm still right about everything. That's the secret. <laughs> Um, I'm right about everything I said, but more can be said than what just I said on Twitter. But I think you have to be really careful with like extreme stuff and even any kind of big spiritual program. You should be talking to someone who's smarter and holier than you before you do this, because maybe you don't need a big program. Maybe you just need to pray every day. You know, like maybe you just need to do the ordinary well. And so Exodus 90 can be good for some people. But like, I think for most people, how about you just start doing ordinary Catholic stuff well first? And then you can go to Exodus 90 or uh, Exodus 420 or whatever else you want to do. Amen, amen, he says to you, people. This is coming from the words of a a real Catholic priest. I have had it confirmed. I had my doubts at the beginning, but he is is real. So uh, every time somebody asks me my opinion now, I'm just getting kind of tired of answering it. So I tell them one of two things. I just send them a screenshot of your take (laughs) on Twitter or... Or I just tell them go listen to episode one seventeen because <laughs> because I'm just not, like go listen go listen on there and I'll get another listen and it'll it'll balance out the listens that I'm not getting from the Exodus ninety people. Okay, that's yeah, brilliant. So that was two episodes ago. L- last week's episode, uh, Allison Sullivan was co-hosting and she, um, as I lambasted Exodus ninety, she got to lambast me on how bad I am at intercessory prayer. Like, I'm just not very good at it. And this is the irony of the God that we serve. Two weeks ago, it was everybody asking me my take on Exodus 90. This week, it's everyone coming out of the woodworks with their prayer requests. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like people who would never ask me to pray for them, they're like, you know, they'll text me. Hey, Taylor, can you pray for me? I've got this work thing coming up. Sure. And then they reply, no, really. I really need you to do it. I heard your show. You probably won't do it now. And I'm like, fine. And then I do it. Then I have prayed more for people since last week than probably uh, most of 2018. <laughs> so That's wonderful. I mean, wonderful. You're praying more now. Not so wonderful for 2018. But how how, how you feel? How do you feel about praying for people? I feel trapped. I, that's how I feel. Okay. <laughs> I feel. <laughs> I feel inflamed with divine love for Deber. No, 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 no. I feel trapped. I feel abused because I have to pray for other people. I feel a little pe- worrisome. People are just using me for their prayers now, which I, I guess is fine. Um, but I'm doing it because I have to in public. Okay. I'll, I'll compare it to this. When I was in high school, uh, you just said that you looked like Jesus. I, I played Jesus in our, in our church, like play or whatever. Okay. Okay. Like our living stations. I think they called it play was, (laughs) that's kind of, we're going to put on a play for you and you're going to grow in holiness. (laughs) That's what, that's what living stations really is. So, uh, yeah, uh, we put on the living stations. I was Jesus. And at this point, like, I was, like, jack athlete. Like, I, I could do whatever I wanted at the school. 
You know, like there's sure. a line of 100 people in line at the cafeteria. Taylor walks up to the front because no one's going to tell him not to. Uh, <laughs> then I played Jesus in the thing. And, and I couldn't cut in line for for months after this. I had to be a good person. <laughs> because for, Jesus doesn't cut in line. Jesus, Jesus doesn't, cut, doesn't in cut in line. Uh, he, he defeated the grave and he cheated. He cheated death, but he did not cheat right. when it came to lunch lines. So I, I had to be a good person for a few months, and I, I'm thinking that uh, that this show last week is going to make me a good person for the next few months. Um, and we'll see where we go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, I, I'm I'm stuck now. I feel like Jonah. Uh, I love the story of Jonah. Uh, we've talked about it before on the show. It's one of my. It is my favorite book of the Bible. First of all, because it is four chapters, one of the shortest, and it's an exhilarating story that you can read in 27 minutes. Have you read it? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's actually, uh, it's one I studied more than the other ones. I really do. Uh, I like it as well. Okay. Why do you like it? I like it because Jonah is so relatable and so human. Like, you can get where he's coming from. Um, I like the cleverness of the story itself. Um, I just like everything about it. Okay. Do you? My favorite part mm-hmm. is the fact that he has, he, he's like, hello, this is God talking. Hello, Jonah. Yeah. I am God. You're going to be my prophet. Go over. Oh, oh, that sounds cool. Where do you want me to go? Nineveh. No, I hate them. Uh, I yes. don't. I don't want to do that. Apparently, God and Jonah have very similar voices. Uh, yes. So, so, <laughs> so uh, God tells him to go, and then Jonah's like, "No, I don't like those people." So he he runs away, and he gets swallowed by a, a whale or large fish. If you're a if you're a scholar, and or, or care about those things, and then uh, he ends up you know getting spit out of the large fish. And uh, I I like to think it was a manatee. That's where my scriptural scholarship has brought me to. That he That's was beautiful. he was inside of a manatee. Um, and then and then he goes and he and he preaches and then and then he goes up to this mountain to see God destroy Nineveh because that's what he really wanted. Yes. But instead, God saves Nineveh and then uh, like does something weird with a tree and then mm-hmm. says and then Jonah says, "Well, what about all the cows?" And then the book is over. Like that's. That's Jonah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in a nutshell. I feel like Jonah now because I, I've been I've been against this thing called Exodus 90. Now, to be fair, I'm not against most of the people doing Exodus 90. There are those few that that I am, but that's a that's a for a completely different reason. Uh but I, I feel like like being asked to pray I've been asked by people in Exodus 90 to pray for them. During Whoa. Exodus 90. <laughs> and That's, wow. Got it. They got you. Some of them, some of them are doing it genuinely. Like they are people that I have met in the Catholic world. They want me to pray for them. Sure. S- most of them, though, are people who listened to the last two episodes and said, oh, we've got him now. Now he has to pray for us because he said that he would. And we know his feelings on this. I feel like Jonah, so I feel trapped because now I have to pray or I'll be swallowed by a manatee. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do think that's how God works pretty often, though, because I've thought all this myself. Like, if I wasn't a priest, would I read the Bible as much as I do now? Probably not. Like, if I wasn't a priest, would I go to Mass as often as I do now? I don't think so. I think I had to be a priest because it was my only shot at getting into heaven. So maybe... God's putting these things in your life because it's your only shot of praying for people is if you get forced into doing it because you said some stuff on a uh, radio show. Yeah, I've Maybe been, God's tricking you into holiness. I've been duped. I, I do this mostly for entertainment and to make myself laugh and hopefully p- other people 
enjoy it, but for somehow it's making me grow in holiness. I don't understand. <laughs> I meant it for one thing and, it sounds and, about right. yep. and used it for the other. So uh, speaking of the internet and becoming better people, because th- that's what the Exodus 90 people are trying to do. More power to them. Have fun mm-hmm. or, or don't. That's the plan. But I mean, I grow- hey, yeah, no fun. No fun. No, during Exodus I, I apologize. Don't have fun, but grow in holiness. I hope that you get some discipline and don't like hate everything in eight days. Um, yeah. But I, I love my audience, even even the crazies. And uh, what is the definition of love? You're you're a good Catholic priest. What is the definition of love? Good definition of love is willing good of the other. It's like you're you reading my notes or something. This is this yeah. is great. Um. So so, uh, what is the opposite of love? Uh, the opposite of love. I mean, you could do a few things, but but maybe like hatred or using someone for your own good. You know. Uh, abuse. There's a bunch of things that could be like the opposite of love. Right. So I, I, most people like I, I would say hatred. Like that's, that's where I like grew up love and hate. Like you see it everywhere, but uh, okay, th- I'll th- buy it. Yeah. this man, this man named JP two, uh, I, I believe you may have heard of him. Uh, he said that the opposite isn't, isn't hate, but use. So love mm-hmm. is willing the betterment for the other. Uh, the opposite of that is just using them for your own, enjoyment right yes uh so i like i i think that's what uh, some of these people are doing by asking me to pray for them some want me to grow in holiness some want to grow in holiness as well but at the same time this is how i feel so um tens of people listen to this show some would say tens of thousands but it's most dozens. most dozens of people uh listen to this show and like we've got some pretty it's audience is growing it's been a great year we're, ha- like, we're having a lot of fun um but here's the deal i think my audience might be doing the opposite of love to me. I think they're using me, Father. Oh no! So here's no. what I I need your help in in okay. uh, in uh, I need a priestly exhortation uh, okay. for this because I have asked. This is episode 119. I have asked people to go to the iTunes uh, pod, like Apple Podcasts and rate the show for over two years. Mm-hmm. And after these dozens and dozens and dozens and thousands of of listens. I have 27 reviews and like eight of those used like text. The rest of them were just like five stars. I did my work. I'm out of here. (laughs) So, Mm. so if you want to be loving, I I need you to go will what is best for me. I I will what is best for you. I I come on the show every week and just yell about stuff all for Mm -hmm. you people. So I, I need you to return the love and spend geez Louise 18 seconds go to apple Podcasts, rate the show give it five stars and just write like you know i like show like send like i don't care what it says <laughs> as long as it says something they are funny he say good thing <laughs> i really hope to get that now uh, mention yeah. father father anthony in it and uh, the next time he comes on he will do the audio version of eight somersaults. So uh, we don't want you to miss that because that would just be uh, radio history. So um, I love you. You love me. Go rate my show in iTunes. Okay. We'll be right back. Uh, Father Anthony won't. He's lazy. So uh, I pre recorded this interview with Chris Wesley. Stick around. It's going to be great. And then I'll let Father Anthony come back for the last one.
back to Forte Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. I dropped the co-host for this section. Just didn't want to deal with it. Because I, I'm just superior to all them. That's why they have the word co in front of them. Co means inferior. They are the inferior host. I dropped them for someone superior. His name is Christopher Leandro Wesley. Christopher, also known as Chris Leandro. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm surprised that you actually guessed my middle initial, Leandro, even though it's uh, an R. The R is silent right before Leandro. I- I'm doing well, Taylor. How are you doing? <laughs> That's a good joke. I'm proud of you. Uh, I'm doing well, man. It is a ugly rainy day here this is what's weird in the first segment of my show i always give the people a local weather update for central texas for no reason because no one cares yeah Uh, this is strange because i'm actually recording this with you early because you like like your family want to hang out with them or something um Mm -hmm. so it's currently raining now here's what i hope i hope that when i come to record the rest of this show on monday that it's just like the most beautiful day ever. And I could just confuse the people. Like 18 minutes ago, it was sunny, and now it's just ugly and raining. That's what I really hope. Man, man. Well, you know, we're going to get some ugly weather this weekend in Baltimore if people really care about that. Um, We're on the south side of that storm that's blowing through the Midwest and the East Coast. So uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It'll be wet. But, you know, uh, I won't care because as the storm is blowing through, I will be on my way to Fresno, California, uh, so, uh, so it can snow, it can rain, it can do whatever it wants. Um, I will be heading to slightly warmer weather. This is, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Never in the history of the show has a guest also done the weather report. Like this is the most pointless thing we've ever done. And I am so proud that the listeners are having to suffer through this right now. Chris, you make me so proud. Well, you know, I mean, as as youth ministers, right, like we have to have a sub degree in meteorology, right? Because it's, um, I, I don't know about for you guys in Texas, but in the Northeast and in the North and, you know, uh, when you have snow and weather conditions that could impact your programs, you got to learn how to read the weather channel, you know, and, and accurately call uh, whether or not uh, your program or ministry is going to be canceled for that evening. I'm glad that you are better at your job than meteorologists are at guessing the weather. Speaking of your job, uh, you now run MarathonYouthMinistry.com. You're doing a lot of stuff, but it took you some time uh, to get to get there. So let's let's go back because I think people will will know kind of where you uh, where you planted yourself. So just tell us a little bit about the man named Christopher Leandro Leandro Wesley. Yeah, yeah. So uh, back in 2000, uh, well, I started in in youth ministry back in 2004. Um, In 2006, I started a a blog because that was what people were doing. And um, I've always liked to write and journal. Um, And so someone recommended that I do a blog and and I went on to Google with blogger.com at the time. And I started Marathon Youth Ministry, but it wasn't um, called Marathon Youth Ministry at the time. It was called Night at the Resurrection. And the point was just to share what was going on in the ministry. Um, I don't know who my audience was supposed to be. Uh, you know, after some time, I, I came across this analogy of marathons. I, I love to run. And, and so Marathon, uh, Night at the Resurrection, after like six months, became Marathon Youth Ministry. And I just, I started writing and I went to... Um, I forget what conference it was. I think I I went to the uh, group conference in like 2007 or 2008. 
And I was talking to a couple of people I met there. And one of them was like, oh, wait, you write marathonyouthministry.com? And he got all excited. And, and that's when I realized people were actually reading my website. And so over time, um, I, I just kept on writing. And, and someone was like, okay, Chris, uh, you, at the time, I was blogging about five days a week. And people were like, all right, when's the book coming out? And I had never really thought about writing a book. Um, and so I, I took a stab at it. And I put this book together called Marathon Youth Ministry. At the same time, uh, the pastor I was working for, Father Michael White, um, him and the associate to the pastor, Tom Corcoran, were coming out with a book, uh, which later became Rebuilt. And um, I was actually going to submit Marathon Youth Ministry to, to like group publishing. Um, but they convinced me to submit it to Ave, um, who they uh, were published by. And Ave looked at the book and turned it down. Uh, they shot it down. And they said that because there wasn't enough of a youth ministry market out there. And so I was like heartbroken. I was distraught. And I, I, I was actually confused because as someone who had been doing youth ministry for a while, I, I thought there was definitely a market there. Um, sat down, looked at the numbers. They were right. There wasn't really a youth ministry market at the time. Um, but they said, if, if Rebuilt does really well, um, we'll come back to you and, and we'll talk about uh, writing a book. And uh, as we... Most of us know Rebuilt did extremely well. So um, on the coattails of my pastor, I was able to create Rebuilding Youth Ministry. Um, and uh, yeah, since then, Marathon has taken off. Uh, people were calling me after the book came out you know, to ask how I was doing ministry. And, you know, I, like I, I'm proud of the ministries that I've built. I'm proud of what I've done. I don't think I'm unique where people, there are tons of men and women that I meet who are doing youth ministry better, better than I was. Um, but because of this platform, I think it gave me an ability to create a conversation. And I think what we see a lot with youth workers is this craving for connectivity, this craving for networking. And so rebuilding youth ministry gave me this opportunity to be accessible to other youth workers and just to build solidarity. And from that came coaching and mentoring and consulting. And in 2016, I decided uh, to step away from the activity and really make Marathon Youth Ministry into what it is today, which is a coaching and consulting uh, company that helps youth workers and parishes build healthier youth ministries. Uh, because uh, I, I want other men and women uh, in the trenches for the long haul, just uh, just like I've been. So three follow-ups from what you just said. Uh, number yeah. one, uh, following up on the coattails of somebody who's doing something well is one of the reasons you and I are so similar. Like this show started, like nobody wanted to listen to me, but I got cool guests just like yourself. And people were like, oh, this guest went on on this, this idiot show. Uh, I'll listen to it as well. And that that's how I built an audience, right? Number two, I loved how you listed your dates because you just argued, like you would say a date and like no one would argue with you, but you kept correcting the dates. You're like 2004, no 2006, no 2007. And all I could think about was like the first and second Kings dates disagreeing with first and second chronicles and it's like we need to do you as a skit as the writer of first and second chronicles and the writer of first and second kings and it's just you arguing with yourself over and over again and then third the third thing is like what you're doing is really cool uh there absolutely is a an audience for youth ministry because you and i both know that it has been struggling within our church for a very long time so what you're doing is actually really, really unique. So one thing that I want to ask you about the, the ministry that you're doing um, is that you you noticed, 
something lacking in youth ministry or something broken in youth ministry. The the guys at your parish, like y'all saw something that was that was not working well at the parish and sought to change it. That is something that is so rare within our church. For, you know, So often it's like, oh yeah, this has been working for 2,000 years. We'll never change. We'll never adapt. And it's like, actually what you're doing isn't from 2,000 years ago. It's from 30 years ago and that doesn't work anymore. So how how do you deal with that tension of seeing something that is that is broken or wanting in the church and seeking seeking to find a solution to fix it? I would disagree with you slightly. I think a lot of people know it's broken. They just don't know how to fix it. You right. know, I, I I think like I mean, I still hear all the time and it's it's annoying how much I hear like uh you know, this is the way we've always done it. It's always worked this way, or like why fix it? And it like you hear that, but I hear more of, yeah, this is broken, but I just don't know what to do, or I know what to do, or I think I know what to do, but I'm just afraid of the backlash of the work of the amount of energy that's going to take. And it's because um, people are so stuck in their busyness. You know, I, and I'm guilty of this too. I, I get so stuck in my busyness that I'm not a, able to take a step back. And really look at the bigger picture, you know, it's kind of like, you know, um, being able to uh, just get stuck in the trenches um, and, and not be able to get out of the trenches to see that, that you know, how, how to really advance further along in your mission. And, and, and so for with your comment of the fact that uh, there are a lot of people out there that don't see the brokenness, I think we do. And I think it's frustrating us but it's kind of this nervousness of being the outlier or being the person um, to step forward. And I think that's where we are in ministry right now. You know, I, I wouldn't, um, I, I would agree with Ave Maria uh, at that point that there was no market in youth ministry and, and uh, because there's not a lot of full-time and if there are full-time people, they're slashers, they've got all these different roles and responsibilities. So we're still figuring that out. And I think where we are in youth ministry world is we need a lot more men and women to be outliers, to try things, to be risk takers. And that's one of the things I appreciate, Taylor, that you do, especially with the Blades Ministries. It's so different uh, from, from what we uh, what people have been doing for years. You know, what Michael and Tony are doing with Project YM, what, uh, you know, uh, just so many men and women are doing out there, what Katie Prejean, you know, McGrady is doing right now as a speaker. I think we need more and more men and women to be outliers to say, not only is there a problem, but here are a couple of ways that we could fix that. So as I'm hearing you say this, I'm thinking about people sitting at home listening to the show or driving around or whatever they're doing, right? And I think this is not just a church problem, but but a problem as individuals, right? It's like I can see something wrong in my personal life. I can see something wrong in my marriage. I can see something wrong in how I'm fathering my kids, and and I'm just too any of the things you listed. I'm too busy. I don't know how to fix it. Uh, So what does it take? To move from being this, like, I don't, I'm stuck in this. I can't, let's say I can see the problem and I don't know what to do about it, or I don't think I can. What do I need? What do we need to take that next step? Yeah, I, I, I think the first thing and, you know, call cliche, but it's, it's true is uh, redevoting yourself to God. You know, uh, you can't lead on empty. I mean, that's something that we heard, you know, back at uh, NCCYM, right? You can't lead on empty. You can't do ministry on empty. You have to be refueled. And so you have to re-examine your relationship with God. Um, A great book that um, I've been reading is called uh, Tools of the Titans uh, by Tim Ferriss. And uh, one of the things that he pulled out of there 
was the fact that uh, the majority of the successful people that he talked to, um, it's a book about successful tools and, and, and people in, in, in all different realms, is that they started their day with some sort of prayer or meditation. You know, and I think like one of the simplest, most important things that we can do is learn how to give ourselves 15 minutes. Just start with 15 minutes of, of prayer, of meditation. Um, you know, for me uh, right now, I'm going through a season of, of doing the rosary, doing the, you know, different mysteries and everything like that, because uh, I was hitting a, a point where I was doing quiet time prayer and journaling and I couldn't think of anything to say. You know, that's the beauty of our Catholic faith, right? Is like when we don't have words to say, the church gives us those words, right? <laughs> amen so, and amen. <laughs> yeah. So, so for me, 15 minutes doing uh, the rosary uh, in, in the morning. And then, you know, just making sure you start your day out right, like creating routines in your day, even if you're not a routine person, creating routines that can help you do that. And, and, and most importantly, surrounding yourself with a group of men and women who are going to ask you how you're doing or ask you questions or call you out on certain things. So if I were to make a three bullet point, you know, like blog post, it'd say, work on your relationship with God, embrace uh, some routine and have some people around you who are going to be your entourage and help you uh, champion through it. That's a great blog. You should start a blog, you know, like that was, that was, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. even write a book one day. Um, maybe people will read it this time, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I think there is a, a segment of people out there that are looking to better themselves. So I think there might be a market for that one. Bring that one to Ave. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about self-improvement that might be trendy, uh, these days. So, <laughs> so but I mean like, uh, but Taylor in, in all seriousness, uh, I think a lot of our, our ministry needs um, or our ministry obstacles are, are happening because we're just not taking care of ourselves. We're just not doing a good job of maintaining our own personal lives. I would agree with you. And I think one of the, if I would add the fourth bullet, and I think uh, uh, you, you might realize you, ha- you missed a, a perfect way to plug your stuff. At first, I thought you said, oh, yeah, I've got this book recently. It's, it's by uh, Chris Wesley. No, but you didn't do that. But I'm going to let you plug your book uh, by asking this question, because I think my fourth bullet point to add to your three great ones would be if you don't know the answers to something, somebody else probably does. Uh, the importance of mentorship. So first, talk about why mentorship is important for people in across the board. And then uh, as we move out, obviously, that's a very natural plug for what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all right. So let's look at it from um, a ministry standpoint first, right? Um, and we saw, saw this come out in the Synod. We, we saw this um, uh, come out in books like uh, Growing Young, uh, where, and even uh, Dr. Bob McCarty's uh, Going, Going, Gone, where there's this craving to be invested in. And, you know, if, if you look back to the years of like blacksmiths and and um, and uh, just, bake, you know, just different trades when when we had this uh, industry that had these different trades, like the, you didn't go to college to study on how to be a blacksmith or you didn't go to college to say how to be a baker, you, you apprenticed someone. And through that mentorship, you learn the craft and you learn that trade. And and if you look at people who have been successful, not just in church ministry, but uh, just throughout life, they've always had someone that has mentored them. And and we see this in scripture too. I mean, Timothy and Paul, right? Paul's letters to Timothy, that's someone he mentored. That was his disciple that was uh, following him to learn more about Christ. And so in our ministries for our young people, for our our teenagers and our young adults, especially, I think we have to like create a youth ministry where mentorship is possible. And and one of the ways I I talk about this in rebuilding confirmation, especially with this spot with um, 
the the sponsor relationship with the teenager, but also uh, with your catechists. Instead of calling them catechists, make them mentors or advisors, where they're meeting, you know, on a one-on-one or one-on-two basis. You know, of course, abide by any child protection rules. But um, mentoring in a spiritual sense, what that does is it makes your faith more relational. It makes it more tangible than just sitting in a classroom and looking at a bunch of facts. Um, so, so that's where I say mentoring is important in, in a ministry standpoint. As youth workers, you know, I think it's important that we are doing what you know Proverbs say, says and being iron sharpening iron. You know, meeting together and finding people who who do advice and and um, who do ministry, who that we can learn from. And you know, as a as a coach through Marathon Youth Ministry, I not only like you know connecting with other youth workers because I get to know people. But there are things that new youth workers, uh, veteran youth workers that I'm coaching teach me when we talk about certain subjects. And it helps me to improve what I'm doing in, in my ministry, in my life. And so getting into a mentoring or coaching relationship isn't just beneficial for the person who is being invested in. It's beneficial for both parties because you can both grow. Um, so I talk a lot about that in Rebuilding Confirmation. It's mentioned in Rebuilding Youth Ministry. But that's what like Marathon Youth Ministry is all about. It's not just doing the journey on your own. It's it's having someone run alongside you. Um, and that's what we do with our coaching. That's what we do with our huddles and our mentoring. Awesome, man. Well, I want people to go check it out. MarathonYouthMinistry.com. You can follow Chris on Instagram and Twitter. Chris R. Wesley. We all learned today what that R stands for. Chris. You're awesome. You're doing great stuff, and it's always fun to just go back and forth with you. I appreciate you coming on today. Taylor, you're incredible. All right? Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You are you are incredible. Even if it's you in three minutes. All right, Chris. Guys, we will be right back. Uh, back with the co-host. I know, I know it's going to be a little bit of a drop-off because Chris is leaving, but we will be right back. back to Forte Catholic. This is Taylor Schroll. This must be, it just has to be the best intro song that we have on the show. Because everyone, every guest, every co-host, and myself <laughs> cannot help but dancing. It's the greatest thing. It is. You gotta move to it. It's cool. It is a requirement. If you are, if you are not moving while listening to this and dancing when you heard that song, it means that your soul has become so darkened to sin mm-hmm. that you can have no joy let in and you need to go to confession right now. I am worried for your eternal soul. Amen. I'm a Catholic priest and I approve this message. That is the greatest thing you have ever said. <laughs> I am so, so stinking proud of you for just how smooth that went. And you didn't even, like, you knew it was funny. And you didn't say it as it was funny. Like you said it just like the commercial. It was hey. beautiful. Okay. There you go. So here's here's what has to happen. There's this website called Twitter.com that mm. uh, that Father Anthony, I believe, is the king of. I, that's what I hear. Uh, that is yeah, the, I actually own it. It's my website. Well, I'm very, again, very proud of you. Uh, for Thank you. Uh, for lying that easily. Is that a good thing for a Catholic priest to do? <laughs> um, probably not. Uh, it's not the best thing. <laughs> if you are a Catholic priest and you find yourself lying on a Catholic radio show, it means that your soul has become so darkened to sin that you need to go to confession. 
I'm a Catholic priest and I approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we just need to stop. Like the show will never get better than this. Oh man, that was so good. Okay. All right. So here's here's what I need to know. There's this website called Twitter.com yes. and that you own that something has happened over these last few days. And for me, it's like the experience in high school where, you know, like, did you have, what, how big was the high school you went to, Padre? Oh, a big one. Um, my class was like 600, 600 kids. So maybe not like Texas big, but it was like big for us. I meant uh, square footage. How big was your school? Oh, I don't know. how well, Square footage? Who cares? I have no idea. That, yeah, that, uh, I was definitely, you answered the question. It was funny watching you try to figure it out. Like, why is he, where is he going with this? <laughs> I thought you were going one direction. Now you want to know. I have no idea. It's like, I'm, go- I'm staying right here, but it's fun to watch mm. you go over there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I, I, we probably went to similar size schools. Okay. I had 1,100 students in my freshman class, but we graduated 565. So we started. Yikes, what <laughs> happened? Uh, what did you do to them? I, did, you, did you bully them all out of school? I can't talk about it. Um, there's some <laughs> non-disclosure okay. agreements that I've signed. Um, I'm in witness protection. Okay, so... Uh, something has been going on on the website and it reminds me of when I was in high school, large school fights would happen all the time. Mm. I would very rarely, nobody would, nobody would see why the fight started, but the fight would start in the hallways Mm. and you know, two people fighting and everybody would gather around and it says something strange about the human person. Like no one was stepping in to help. Like everybody's just like watching. Like <laughs> just you know, watching. Like we're, we're just, just watching two people fight. Yeah. We're all just so bored at school that we're <laughs> just like there. You know, finally some entertainment, right? You know, like we shouldn't have been that way, but it was the way that we were. And I, I can't even say it's the way I was. Like if I was in a group where there was a thousand people, two people got in a fight. And it was far from me. And there's a crowd of people. It's like, there are 97 people in front of me that can stop this. Like, why is that on me to do? I'd, I'd have to like get in a fight to, to get there, you know? So sure. anyway, okay. I yeah. felt like in reading the, some of these things that have been going on, mainly coming from you on the Twitter, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was on the outskirts of this fight. I didn't know why it started or how, but I, but I enjoyed watching it as it was going yes. on from afar. So you want to blow up the moon. Correct. I I have a few follow-up questions. <laughs> okay. The Maybe. first being, why do you want to blow up the moon? Because it's time. Why is it time? The moon knows what it did. It isn't personal. It's just business. Okay. You sound like the bad guy who is the dad in the Lego movie, um, which... Did the moon tell you that? Did the moon tell you I'm a bad guy? Because this is just like the moon to do something like that. Wait, wait. This might be the problem. The moon has never spoken spoken to me. Has the moon spoken to you recently? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. All I can say is it's time to blow up the moon. Okay. I'm going to go with a different children's movie. That's all of my references because of the three little ruffians I have in my house. I have no life. And all yes. I did, like, literally, I'm not even putting this on as a, like, as a joke. These are literally the things popping into my head. Um, okay. have, you, have you heard of Gru? 
Groot? Gr- no, Groot. G-R-U. He G-R- Groot. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the guy. He adopts the three little kids. And- yeah, from like there's like minions and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he wants to steal the moon. Did you get this That's- idea from him? No. Um, I mean, I've, I've researched this. It's a good idea, but doesn't go far enough. It's time to blow up the moon. Has Steve Carell speaking to you recently? No, this is actually comes from another priest on Twitter. I did not originate this idea of blowing up in the moon. Okay. So ex- uh, explain yeah. to me, like it is time, but th- like if you told me like, Hey Taylor, we have mm-hmm. to go to this place right now. And yeah. I said, why? And you said, because it is time. I'm not getting in the car. You have to convince me. Uh, so, so it's, it's very sad to me, Taylor, because I feel like if we were, if we were brothers, if we were really brothers in the Lord and I told you it's time, I feel like you would be like, I agree. It is time. Let's go. Let's do this. No, that's not what I do with, with my brothers in Christ. I, I feel like there's no trust. So, and that's, okay. that's a little bit wounding. Uh, it makes me angry and it makes me want to blow up the moon even more. Now, so, no, here's what I would do as a Christian brother, okay? Okay. Uh, There was a Gillette commercial that everybody got angry about that was ridiculous. Uh, I just didn't understand why everybody was mad. I liked the commercial, okay? Um, Mm -hmm. It it talked about guys stepping in to be be men, to stand up for women, stand up for other guys. Did they say you should blow up the moon? Because that would be the manly thing to do is to blow up the moon. They did not say that, but— Oh, that's a shame. I want you to know that you are my brother in Christ, and this is what I would do. Uh, okay. If the moon attacked you, yes, I would be there and I would fight the moon with you to the death. Like I uh, would defend you. I would fight with you. We would be brothers in arms. The moon is very large and we'd probably lose. But I would, I would lay down my life to be a brother with you. Uh, but as a brother, if you went and fought the moon, if you picked the fight and went and fought it, I, yeah. I would, for your own good, hold you back. So that mm. so that the fight would not go on. That's what a brother what in Christ this, does. What if this? What if this is a preemptive strike against the moon? Because I don't know if you've been watching the news lately, but what was that moon called the other night? Like the Blood Wolf Moon? Sounds pretty. Sounds pretty uh, intimidating to me. That sounds like a threatening moon. That's a kind, not the kind of moon you can let just hang above your head all the time at nights. No, 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 no. You got to take care of that moon right now, or it gets any more uppity, or it gets any more aggressive, and it's time to blow up the moon. I think I just figured it out. We commented about your appearance in the first segment, and I want to retract my statement that you look like Johnny Depp and say with 100% certainty that I just figured this entire thing out. This is breaking news on Forte Catholic. Uh, Father Anthony Sharapa is a shapeshifter. Whenever the moon, <laughs> whenever the moon becomes a full moon... You you uh, howl at it. You are a werewolf, sir. That's that. no, 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 no. You are mistaken. Uh, another good reason to blow up the moon, other than it's time and it know what. And it what knows what, what it a did. politician! Uh, you just deflected the question, didn't even answer it, and you're like another thing that I prepared to no, say. No, it's true because uh, <laughs> werewolves are dangerous. Are there going to be werewolves if there's no moon? No. Okay, so no, moon, no werewolves. Uh, we're a safer place. Okay, so the moon provides light. And at night, at, at people should go to bed. People shouldn't be staying up that late. Uh, well, well, they it's not healthy. Well, they do. You're up late. I'm up late. You kept me up late. <laughs> <laughs> it is dark in the studio because you were like, "Oh, I have important priest things." Yeah, to but do. if there was no moon, maybe we would just go to bed earlier. No, I have a show to produce. Okay, so I, I don't understand this. I want to make an argument for the moon. Uh, we, this third segment has just become me arguing with my co-host. <laughs> 
I don't know if 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 the other people uh, uh, listening like it. Okay. But I do. I love fighting with my friends. Uh, so <clears throat> the moon has always uh, played a special role in my in my. Uh, spirituality that way okay i can't even finish that sentence without laughing (laughs) it hasn't played a special role but i I have looked at the moon on a few number of occasions and had (laughs) spiritual insights i didn't want to go too far i couldn't go too far i have sometimes looked at the moon (laughs) and now i have opinions of it go ahead yes no no okay so especially when i was in college there would be many times where i was lonely because i had no friends and i would just sit outside and uh, sometimes i would glance at the moon Mm -hmm. and i would be like the moon is very alone I am very alone. We are the same. So if you want to blow up the moon, you have to blow up me. I'm just kidding. That's not true. Don't don't blow me up, please. Okay. I mean, if you're on the moon, you will get blown up. So please stay on the earth because this is happening sooner rather than later. <laughs> I've never been there. So the moon produces no light of its own. It only reflects the light of the sun. Okay, yeah. You you my friend are a Christian. As a Christian, we are all called to reflect mm-hmm. the light of the sun. You see what I did there? The Jesus, the son of, okay. of the God, the father. Okay. Yes. Uh, we are called to reflect his light, not try to produce light on our own True. by becoming, you know, something like a celebrity Twitter priest or anything like that. We're not supposed to produce our own light. No, we should never do that. Right. <clears throat> never, never. But only reflect the light mm-hmm. uh, of the Lord. What say you about that? Um, that's good. That's a nice that's a nice little image. But imagine the kind of lights that we would see in the night sky if we blew up, up the moon. Eh? But it would, eh? it would it would only be once though. And then it would be like there goes my reflecting of Christ. Jesus Christ <laughs> died for us once and for all. Does not need to be sacrificed again. The moon doesn't need to be blown up again. It needs to be blown up one time. That, okay, I have to give you that. That was a pretty good rebuttal to that. Okay, I've You're, thought about this a lot. You've already. It's the only thing you've done for the last two and a half weeks. You've abdicated <laughs> all other responsibilities. Of meetings, <laughs> a lot of parish meetings today. I have spent the entire time at each meeting thinking about blowing up the moon. Okay, so that's how bad those meetings were. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so the moon has absolutely been beaten up. Like, it doesn't have the protection that the world does of, like, ozones and gravity. I don't know what's protecting the world, but it's protected yeah. somehow. Uh, but the Avengers, I don't know what's going on, but <clears throat> craters don't hit us that often. The moon, on the other hand, does not have the Avengers. Uh, it just gets hit by craters. There are so many just deep holes and just nastiness. But yet, yet, my priest friend, it still reflects the light of the moon. Even with yep. those craters and holes, just like you and me and all the rest of us, we are all broken, we are bruised, we are hurt, we are not complete, and yet still the Lord can you can shine through us and can help change lives. You can't blow up the moon after that. What I heard you say was literally the entire universe is trying to destroy the moon. Yes. If craters are hitting it all the time, then maybe, maybe the moon deserves it. I don't know. Maybe the moon deserves it. Maybe humanity needs to step up and just finish the job and blow up the moon. Okay. Shouldn't we leave some justice to God? Some would argue, I have to kind of switch now. Some would argue yep. that it's been God this whole time trying to destroy the moon because uh-huh. he, he's been throwing the craters at it. So okay, yeah. Should, no, I should, like that. I like that a lot. Shouldn't we just let it run its, its court? Let God do it in his timing, not yours? Uh, that's an argument. 
another one would be that God is teaching us what to do. That in God's salvation, he brings humanity along and allows us to participate in it. So God is showing his children by throwing craters at the moon, uh, throwing uh, meteors at the moon and hitting them, making them into craters. Uh, he's showing us what we need to do. He's pointing to our goal. And our goal is, quite simply, to blow up the moon. Okay, here's the last one. Tell me that you haven't ever looked at, a, at, the, at the moon and thought of the Eucharist. Tell me that you have never had that experience. I have never had that experience. Wow. That is ridiculous. That's not ridiculous. It looks like a host. Behold the Lamb of God. I'm reminded of mass every time mm-hmm. that, I, that I look up in the sky and there's a full moon. And then you'll argue yeah. and you'll say, oh, but what about crescent moons? Oh, that's the time where you go up to get communion. You think you're going to get a little host, but you get yeah. the part that the priest broke off of the large host and it looks just like a crescent moon. So, yeah, I don't think we should blow up the moon, but but I can't stop you is essentially where we are. No one can stop me. Uh, no one can stop me. I'm already done. The moon's gone. You might have already done it. Father Anthony, this this was a heck of a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your just absolute ridiculous, ridiculous stuff with us. It was a lot of fun for me, too. All right, guys. We will be back next week with another great show. Hopefully the moon is still there by then. Say it! All right, so if I'm being honest, this might be one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. Father Anthony was just ridiculous and hilarious. He and I kept the conversation going for longer than a whole nother segment on this whole moon thing. I asked more follow-up questions. It gets even more ridiculous than it just did on the show. If you want to check it out, this whole conversation is available for those supporters on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Catholic. This segment alone is worth the partnership, and you're doing some great stuff helping to feed my children. Check it out, patreon.com slash Forte Catholic. This is probably the greatest piece of audio that's ever gone on Patreon ever.